You're listening to the Reconditioned Podcast. And if you've ever wondered what the truth really is about the link between vaccines and autism, keep listening. We get deep and it gets emotional. Your personality creates your personal reality. Authentic power is when your personality comes to serve The body is one ecosystem. You can get to the root cause and everything goes away. Welcome to the Recondition Podcast, where I use my knowledge and expertise of over a decade in the wellness and transformation world to take a deep dive into what makes us thrive as humans. I'm Lauren Vaknin, leading wellness and transformation coach. And following my remission from the rheumatoid arthritis I'd had for 27 years that left me wheelchair bound by the age of 18, I created a unique coaching combination, conflating physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects of self to create true long-lasting well-being in all senses of the word. This podcast is one of the many free resources I've created to help you achieve the same. Whether you're suffering from chronic illness, raising children in a world of conflicting information, you're an entrepreneur wanting to step into your purpose, or you simply want to feel empowered and motivated to become the best version of yourself, join me along with expert guests as we uncover the most actionable and tangible ways to recondition ourselves back to wellness. Before we get stuck into the uninterrupted episode, I wanted to let you know why I am such a huge fan of the company supporting this season of Recondition. The Endo Clinic in Harley Street, who specialize in biological dentistry. Now you might recall me speaking about my journey with biological dentistry, both here on the podcast and over on my Instagram, and all of it was conducted over at Endo. So those of you who have been here for a while will remember that I was suffering from trigeminal neuralgia, which is otherwise known as the suicide disease, and it really was that bad. And three dentists over 18 months had told me it was nothing to do with my teeth. But after a colleague told me about biological dentistry, and I'd been reading numerous books on the subject, and I watched the film Root Cause, which I highly recommend you all watching, I found the Endo Clinic, and they absolutely ticked every box I was told to look for. And I really was told to tick off these boxes to ensure that they were genuinely taking a biological approach to dentistry. So that's everything from safe mercury removal protocols to ceramic inlays and ceramic implants and a general health optimization approach. They use absolutely no metal at all. They work on the basis that our immune function is lowered during dental procedures, which is just something that you don't get at all with conventional dentistry. The possible connection between my health concern and dentistry was found in the first consultation. Again, something that all these other dentists and facial pain specialists at honestly some of London's top hospitals were not able to see. Because what they know is that previous dental treatments can lead to jaw cavitations, something that only those who are trained in biological dentistry know how to look out for. Now during my procedure I was given IV vitamin infusions, ozone therapy and this state-of-the-art plasma PRF treatment which was all to ensure that we were giving the body the very best chance to heal. And there's also a whole pre-treatment protocol as well. Anyone who listens to this podcast will know how much my life's journey has been about health optimization so this was just revelatory to me. And the trigeminal neuralgia went away the very next 
day. And it's not just facial problems. We now know that up to 70% of chronic health conditions can be as a result of conventional dentistry treatments and misconceptions surrounding oral care. I honestly recommend this clinic to everyone I know. And if you are experiencing any dental, facial or chronic health problems, or you just want your teeth looked after by a team who truly understand the long-term way to keep teeth and gums healthy, go to nduclinic.com. The clinic are offering a 10% discount off your initial consultation to anyone who mentions coming through Lauren. And this will include dental exam, x-rays, 3D scans, and even your first hygienist appointment. So that is nduclinic.com. Thank you to Endu. Hello, it's Controversial Friday. <laughs> it's not really, I just made that term up because anytime anyone says the V word, it gets a little controversial. Why? I don't know. It shouldn't be controversial when we're speaking about people's experiences and what people have experienced at the hand of certain things. It should just be, we're having a conversation and this is someone's truth. That shouldn't be controversy. And that's what this episode is exactly about, about why is it controversial when people are talking about their own experiences when it comes to vaccines? Why is that controversial? That's not what the episode is about. I'm obviously, you know, making this episode go along. <laughs> it's about the link between vaccines and autism. But obviously, we speak about that because a major part of Polly's work was going around the country with the vaxxed bus, not just the country, around the world, meeting families whose children had been injured at the hand of vaccines. And if you are yet to hear about Polly and you haven't heard of her yet, Polly Tommy is an amazing woman whose son was injured by the MMR when he went to have his MMR vaccine at 13 months old. And they've got footage of him before, you know, eye contact, playing, babbling talking, you know, the rest of it. And then he never came back from that. Afterwards, he became very severely autistic. And he's now 24, Billy. And Polly decided to make a film called Vaxxed alongside Dr. Andrew Wakefield and Del Bigtree. And it was one of the most powerful things I have ever seen. And I mean, obviously, I was in this world anyway, because I was vaccine injured myself when I was 18 months. But I watched this film and it did something else because what it did was make me realise that all the backlash I've ever got surrounding talking about vaccines never made any sense when I was talking about my own situation. Like, hey, this happened to me. If you say to someone, you know, I took this drug and this, you know, prescription drug, whatever, and it made me feel really crappy. And I've felt really crappy ever since. And I just, things haven't been the same. No one would say to you, that's not true. That drug doesn't do that. It's been proven that that doesn't happen. Who would do that? No one. They would go, oh, that's so awful for you. I'm so sorry. Might be good for me to know what that drug is for myself. So I know to kind of do my research and in case that drug is ever recommended to me. No, it just occurs to me that, you know, you can go really deep with this stuff. And anyone listening who isn't kind of within this way of thinking already will maybe think, oh, you know, that's too deep. Don't be ridiculous conspiracy theorist. But what is a conspiracy theorist? A conspiracy theorist is literally just someone who says, 
I'm not going to take everything that's being told to me that I don't even know about myself or understand about myself and listen to it. I'm actually going to go out there and figure out what I think the truth is and come up with a different idea. Maybe what I'm being told isn't the be all and end all. Maybe the people who are telling it to me don't even know everything about it. That's what a conspiracy theorist is. Like, really, is that conspiracy? Or does that just make us smart that we want to go and see what the other side is. Like with everything now going on with COVID, I know this is being released in September. And as I record this, it's still June because I batch these guys. And you know, I'm seeing people going back to work and fogging their offices. I wonder if anyone who's fogging their offices with this stuff has looked up the fact that this fog is actually carcinogenic. And all this other stuff that's going on surrounding COVID, like we just listen, blindly listen to what we're being told to quote unquote, keep us safe. When someone goes out there and says, I am going to decide, I'm going to do the research to see what actually will keep me safe for me and my family. Don't label them as crazy. Look at them and go, right, that's smart. I might do the same. And that's what this episode is about. Holly, who was pro-vax, as pro- she said I wasn't even ambivalent. Like some parents are just like, oh, I'm just going to vaccinate because that's what you do and I don't know anything else and I'd be scared not to. She was literally pro-vax. And she'd had a baby before that and then had Billy and it happened instantly. And she has since done so much research over the past two decades and more, has spoken to some of the brightest minds in the world about this star. Don't discount it because authorities are telling you that this isn't real. Listen to the other side and ask the question of why is the other side not being heard? Why are these stories not being shown in the news? When the biggest news story since Watergate, I'm quoting this from Del Bigtree, happened whereby the CDC, a top scientist at the CDC, came out and said, this vaccine is actually not safe. And the cover-up was that the CDC said, no, 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 you have to make this uh, clinical trial show this vaccine to be safe. When that happened, why was that not the biggest news story since Watergate? If you're questioning any of this, ask yourselves that question. Don't blindly follow. I created this episode and I invited Polly onto the show so that we could start this conversation, not so that we judge anyone, not so that we tell anyone what to do, but so that we can start a conversation surrounding this subject. Why is so much about this subject in the dark? Why is anyone who speaks out about it, even someone that has had a bad experience with a vaccine, if they say this hurt me in this way, why are they attacked? If it was anything else, they wouldn't be. Can we ask ourselves these questions? Polly is an amazing authority to listen to on this. So I really hope you will listen to the end. Obviously, we say it many times in the show, but if you haven't yet, before you do anything else, if you have children or you are planning on having children or you are planning on ever having a vaccination yourself again, watch Vaxed and Vaxed 2. They're available on the Vaxed website. They're available, like she said, you can probably even stream it somewhere now. It's like pirated. You don't even have to pay for it. Just watch it. Watch it, do your research, go to the Children's Health Defence, follow the high wire and just start asking the questions and opening this conversation up. Thank you for being here and for sticking around this long and for being part of this conversation, even if it is uncomfortable for you. I appreciate that. And I appreciate if this is hard for you to listen to the episode that's coming up. And I get that. And I appreciate you listening to this. And I would love your feedback on it. So get in touch with me and let me know what you think about everything we speak about today, if it's made you think about anything differently, if it's made you question anything. So without further ado, here is Polly Tommy. So Polly, thank you so much for being here on the show. I'm so honoured to have you here. Thank you for having me. 
You're so welcome. So before we dive in, and obviously we've got so much content to cover, I start by asking my guests the same question, which is what have you done so far today to support your wellness? My wellness? Yeah. I'm here in Austin, Texas, so we're, um, we've only just really got up. But I get up very early in the morning and we have four rescue horses and lots of chickens and ducks. So I go out there and I look after them and, it, and that's good for my wellness. That keeps oh, wow. me centered and calm. So yeah, I'm out with nature every single morning before I start my day. And then a nice cup of organic coffee. Oh, <laughs> sounds perfect. Yeah, being out in nature. I, I talk a lot about grounding. It's so important. Being with I animals think, as well. Yeah. So let's dive in. I'd like you to start, if that's okay, by telling us what happened with Billy. So yeah, Billy's now 25. So this happened a long time ago. We were living in London. I was, I have to admit, extremely pro-vaccine. I think more than anything pro, you know, respecting authority. I was brought up that way. I went to boarding schools in England where they, I think I was probably quite an unruly child. So I spent a lot of time with, you know, stand in the corridor until you do what's correct. Don't ask questions and not asked of you that kind of those kind of schools and so I learned to obey as a child and as an adult and you know lots of the areas that I I lived in it was if you work really hard and you're really clever then you'll be a doctor or a lawyer it was very much like that so you learned to respect from a very early age I think in, in British schools and maybe around the world that these people are the elite. And so when I had my children, and there was a few things that, you know, they tried to give me the, they said to me when I was thinking of becoming pregnant, um, you know, I was quite young, they said, you know, you need to have the rubella shot, which obviously I presume is the MMR. And I remember thinking, actually, no, my gut feeling said no. So I had some kind of gut feeling that I did listen to, but on the whole, the minute that I had my children, it was every, you know, you had the little red books or green books, health books and it was really everything on time I read it religiously and I wanted to be this perfect mother and so I had my daughter first and she had her vaccines all on time and appeared fine and then when I had Billy quite soon after a very short age gap between them he was a little bit more of a sniffly baby and so I would rush him to the doctor with every little cough and, and snivel which is kind of embarrassing to talk about now because I can't believe how naive I was now that I know what I know Um, And so he lived on antibiotics for the first year of life. And at 13 months, I took him for his MMR. And it was just that vaccine that day, because in those days, they were much more spaced out. I was first in line. And that morning, I actually had coffee with a friend who lived near the doctor's surgery, just so I could be the first one in to be everything perfect on time. And she, funnily enough, said to me, you know, there's been this talk in the news about the MMR, and there may be a problem. And I actually said to her, I, you know, you're spreading rumors. It's very dangerous. If there was an issue with the MMR, my doctor, who has my best interest at heart and my child, would tell me. So you are not a doctor and they are. So I actually had that awful conversation with her. And I don't know why I didn't listen to her. And I wish I had. Biggest regret. So I took my son in. He had the MMR and he was on antibiotics at the time with, with colds and sniffles. And, um, Afterwards, he was just very sleepy. And that evening, I mean, he pretty much slept all day and I gave him lots of cowpole, did everything, cowpole before, cowpole afterwards, exactly as they told me to do. Um, my husband came back from work and rushed up to just check in on him and he was having a seizure, a really quite a severe seizure. And we rushed him into hospital and they said, what's happened? What have we done? I said, well, he had the MMR vaccine. Of course, it can't be that. That's what he's had today. And he said, actually, yes, it can be. It's just a real common reaction. These seizures, they're childhood seizures. 
completely fine. We'll give him some more antibiotics and um, and bring him back to us or bring him back to your doctor in six weeks time if he's not better. Well, he, he never he never really woke up from the child he was before. And that very sort of quite quick really got sick and sick and sick and diarrhea. And, and when we started talking out about this, what had happened to Billy following the MMR, we suddenly were met with this wall of resistance from our GP who actually wanted to to send my husband and I for therapy because they thought that there was something wrong with us. Um, so anyway, cutting a, a very long story short, that was the beginning of us speaking out. And the more we were shut down, the more we were like, no, we're going to talk out about this particular vaccine. So, I mean, I went on to have another child and vaccinated that child because who wants polio? Um, that was my mindset. I was just not, I was so brainwashed that I just, I just knew the MMR wasn't one that we were going to go with. But everything else was fine. And so now that I sit here 24 years on, I have a much bigger understanding of the real dangers of vaccines. It's it, Obviously, I've heard your story before and, and you and I have met and I've seen the film, you know, Vaxxed. For those who haven't seen it, I urge you, everyone listening to watch the film. Um, but hearing you tell it just like this, it you know, it makes my heart hurt. Um mm-hmm. And, and, and the thing that gets me every time is that, and you know, the question I was going to ask you, but you answered it is, were you pro, pro-vax? Would you have considered yourself pro-vax before this happened? And all parents in your situation say, yes, we got the vaccine. I mean, some just say they weren't pro or, or anti. They just did the, what their doctors right. told. I was actually pro. I remember at, at my daughter's school, there was a mother there who had an unvaccinated had unvaccinated children, and she was going to India that summer. And I considered calling Child Protective Services because I thought these children were going to die. Mm. I mean, you cannot walk into India yeah. with unvaccinated children. Right. And luckily, my husband's like, it's not really any of our business. But I was very concerned. I mean, it's crazy I and mean, it's embarrassing to talk about it now. But I do think it's important that people know because we're labelled these crazy anti-vaxxers and I refuse to accept that term I wish I was an anti-vaxxer because then I wouldn't have vaccinated my children or myself right. but no anti-vaxxers are people that do their research and don't vaccinate their children mm-hmm. I'm what's called an ex-vaxxer I did it I towed the line I did as I was told and the results are horrific for all three of my children in different ways mm-hmm. because they've all had vaccines there's issues all of them so what happened to Billy? What were the changes you noticed and, and, and how did that play out in his childhood and now? Before, I mean, he only had 13 months of his life as he was meant to be. Um, but And he was babbling and eye contact, all the things that babies do and are supposed to do. Mm-hmm. After it, we lost everything. We lost, First of all, he was medically very ill. It was terrible diarrhea. Um, and he lost lots of weight and his big bags under his eyes, his hair started falling out and his tummy bigger and bigger and bigger and we we couldn't get any help and we didn't have the internet and the phones that we have now so I had to go to a library at 18 months a health visitor said he's showing signs of autism and we knew by then something was really wrong with our son and I had to go to a library and look up what autism is because there just didn't be anybody around that knew even the health visitor wasn't entirely sure and now look at us look at us today Mm. um but yes he didn't speak. A doctor actually told us that he would never live a life with purpose. And the, <clears throat> the kindest thing we could do would be to put him in a home and get on with our lives. Um, but my husband threw himself into trying to work it out himself. He, he got a, a nutritional degree. We went back to school and, and learned and went to America to all the damn conferences and all the other, any information that we could get. 
And he started to slowly, slowly put right the medical side of what had happened to him. I mean, his his head was so swollen with brain inflammation. Um, so we have a 25-year-old today that can speak and has a purpose, and he's a chicken farmer. <laughs> but um, but he's, he, he never, ever regained the life that he should have had or anywhere near it. But we are extremely fortunate that we managed to reverse a lot of the medical issues like the diary and the gut problems. Yes. And I have to say, if anyone's listening and you have a young child with autism, I cannot stress enough how diet is key, 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 key mm. on all of this. And um, we resisted it because it's hard. Organic, gluten-free, no sugar. But, but we see even now, if our son eats the wrong food, how it affects his brain and behavior. Can you explain why that is and how that works? I know a lot of uh, children, you know, with autism, they, you know, the parents follow the GAPS diet. And, and I've personally seen friends who've done that and gone down the cease therapy with homeopaths and seen like, you know, almost reversals in some cases. But can you explain why that works? Well, I'm really fortunate. I have a husband that takes on all of that. Mm. But I will say that the first thing we, you know, what happened is when we took Billy with his diarrhea and his bloated stomach to the doctor and said, we need help. They would say, and you will still hear this today, that's a condition of autism. And I say to your parents, it is not. Okay, no child should live with diarrhea or anything or constipation or any gut issues. And nearly all of our children with an autism spectrum diagnosis has gut issues. So the first thing my husband did was correct the gut issues. And there are many, many doctors out there and books and help now that we didn't have then. So the minute you start to address the gut issues, the minute you will see a massive behavior change in your child, it is quite unbelievable. And it's hard and it's expensive and nobody wants to do it. It affects the whole family. The other siblings scream and shout, why should we be on this? But we've actually seen results in all of our children from being on this clean, healthy diet. Mm. So, but, but yes, there's many other doctors that could properly explain the physiology or the biochemistry or whatever it is that, that makes it happen but that's not that's not what I do my yeah. job is my job is to talk about these, these vaccines and and the experience I've had you know going on the bus and things like that talking yeah. to parents around the world yeah. so I, I'm, I'm fortunate I have a husband that takes that brain thing of the yeah medical issue for those listening, it's essentially to do with the gut-brain connection, right? And the, the, the vaccines obviously induce kind of, because there's neurotoxins in the vaccines, which induce brain inflammation and the gut and the brain are connected. So I guess that's kind of how it's... Yeah, and also it, we all know that if we eat, overeat or go to a dinner party, drink too much or, or eat some food that we don't normally eat, next day, okay, you might not feel very well, but your brain is foggy. Yeah. That's how these children feel times a million. I mean, so I think just, you know, that when you eat something that's not good for you or drink something that's not good for you, you feel bad. They feel 20 times worse than that because yeah. they have leaky gut issues. But I will get my husband on your show and he can explain all that for you. Yeah, amazing. Incredible. And um, so you were saying that your friend at the time that you were about to take Billy for the vaccine was saying that, no, you know, there's information coming out about that. So was this the time that Andy Wakefield's study yeah. came out? This was exactly yeah. that. I mean, that's ironic because now you and Andy work together. I know. And she, <laughs> yeah, it is ironic. And she, this doctor, Andy Wakefield, I've never heard of him. And she said, there'd been some discussion on, I think, mainstream television. No, no, I wasn't having any of it because my doctor would tell me if there's a problem. Yeah. It's, it's. You know, it makes me so sad because I, in this day and age now, I see the same thing that I, how I used to be in so many people, mm. and I don't know how to get through to them. Yeah, because if you Google me, it's nothing but 
crazy lady. Right. So they're like, yeah, you're the crazy lady. But I want I, the only reason I do what I do is because I never want anyone to feel the pain of something that's preventable. You don't have to do this. But mm. the bullying that goes on in the doctor's office, the bullying that goes on from other parents, mm. your child can't play with mine if it's not oh, yeah. vaccines. Yeah, yeah. Is 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 it's just beyond belief, and that's yeah. why. I I really want people to understand you are in control of your child. You're in control of your family, not the doctors, not the politicians, and not that so-called best friend that's bullying you the whole time. She's not your friend. We, we have a lot better friends. I've made the best friends ever in this movement. So it can me be too. Me too. What amazes me, though, is people, you know, because you have come from that place of, hey, I was a pro-vaxxer, because you actually get those feelings. You said, you know, I thought people were mad. You were going to call social services on these people that were taking their unvaccinated children to India. You were there. So you do have an understanding of what people who aren't there yet are thinking. So it's kind of amazing that those people aren't seeing you as someone to turn to. And I always find that interesting, not interesting, I actually find it very, very offensive when I say to people, you know, well, I, you know, the arthritis in me was triggered by a vaccine and well, no, it wasn't. Well, hold on. That was my experience. You know, if you tell someone, oh, I had a back operation and after that I haven't been the same since, I'm not going to go, no, that didn't happen to you. But yeah, when it's with vaccines, people think that they have this authority to be able to tell you what is and what isn't as if it, because if something hasn't been proven in a scientific lab, it, there's no validity to it. And that, gets to me. So I want to talk about Vax then and why you made it. But I do want to talk a little bit um, before we talk about that, about um, Adele Bigtree and the cover up at the CDC and kind of all that. Because Adele Bigtree said that it was his, the biggest news story to break since Watergate, or it should have been. What happened there? Because I know that obviously you've worked with Dell for a while, and I'd love people to hear that from just you yeah, know, a normal the, mother's um, perspective. So actually, um, I had a, a Autism Media Channel is set up by Andy Wakefield and myself. And the main re reason we set it up was to show the devastation of, of what happens when your child is vaccinated injured, rather than the press saying it's a gift, you know, all this kind of stuff. So we set it up to do that. We started interviewing families. And um, and then the vax situation came in. I have to give a shout out to Brian Hooker. I don't know if you know who that is, but yeah, of course, yeah. Brian Hooker, there would right. be no vax. Right. Um, so he very bravely did the right thing and recorded the whistleblower, um, William Thompson, at the CDC. And Andy was very much involved in that. And so they together put we put together this film Vax with the whistleblower and the CDC and the MMR, which was very um, passionate for me because that was a vaccine that injured my son. And I was never meant to be in the film. I was just supposed to be part of the production. Um, but once, and then Dell, we met Dell at a party and it was a real God thing meeting Dell because um, Dell's being, he, he was able to, because Andy's very scientific. And so the film was looking really, really, really academic. And I just knew that the average parent is not going to be able to sit through that. Mm. So Dell came along and he broke it down and he was, he, as a watch factor, so he, Dell's the person that asks the questions that makes it easier to understand. So it was a very good relationship. And I think... You know, for all three of us, because Andy and I were really MMR, because that was his thing, being a gastroenterologist and, and shouting out about the MMR. My son was injured by the MMR. And Dell came along saying, well, yes, there's a problem. But it wasn't until after Vax was released, we were thrown out of Tribeca Film Festival, which was horrific at the time. 
But now we realize it was the best thing that ever happened to us because that's what got back to trending. That's what got everybody talking about it. And as we went on tour afterwards, that we were inundated with lines and lines of people wanting to tell their story. And we couldn't believe there was so much out there, not just the MMR. In fact, having done this big tour, I can tell you, the MMR is right down on the list of vaccines. It's a terrible vaccine, but it's right down on the list of vaccines, injuries that we heard around the world. And um, the baby vaccines being by far the worst, the, the DTAP and that whole mixture. And I have England, your eight-week schedule, I think, is the worst in the world. You cannot, people, you have to terrifying. look at what they're putting. It is the most terrifying. I mean, that's that has, I didn't know that babies could die. I didn't know that babies did die. And parents reported ba- babies dying all over the world mm. following eight-week and baby vaccine. So that was the biggest shocker for us all, Dell. Andy and myself, we had no idea the enormity of, and of course, the Gardasil vaccine coming in really close next. But now they put so many together, it's difficult to pinpoint where the actual worst injury is coming. But yes, and then Dell, um, you know, his his talent is to speak out. on, on and, and so he knew to set up the high wire and be the voice of journalism. That's where he is. So he went off and did that. I went off on the bus. All of us working together, Andy going off doing the science, the science, the politician, and making more films. So it was a really good relationship. It still is, but we we and we work together, but we work in our separate fields because we have to. We can't we can't just sit in an office all together every day and just make another little movie. We have to move forward as fast as we can because, as you know, every single day when you wake up. There's new news. There's something else happening, the vaccines, the deaths, the injuries. So all of us fighting in our little corners, but coming together as a team. And it's an amazing team. Before we we just go into that and the bus and, and all the families you met, because I think that is the most important part here. Just for those who were listening just now, wondered about the CDC thing that went on and the whistleblower, because we didn't really go into that. Can you just quickly tell us what happened there in the CDC? Yeah, well, basically, I mean, actually, really, people, you need to watch it. And, and you can yeah. watch Vax on Vax2.com or, or so many. In fact, it's pretty much pirated around the world, so you don't even have to pay. Um, but, uh, yes, basically, it's it's a story of fraud at the CDC. It's a major, major scientist at the CDC coming out and saying, and, and, you know, he did not know he was being recorded, and it was perfectly legal as well. I mean, and if you think, oh, it's nonsense, why have we never been sued? They would sue us at the tiniest part if they could. Everything was fact-checked and put out there. And this is why it did so well. And this is why the other side got terribly stressed by it because they knew it was true. And so Brian Hooker recorded William Thompson talking about um, uh, the the MMR and how dangerous, how he wouldn't give his wife even a vaccine when she was pregnant. And he really just ripped out on on everything that was going on at the CDC. And he's a top scientist. And this is why it's incredibly important. And then Andy, with his scientific brain, would then break down why. And Dell came in to make it easier. But I really recommend that you do watch that. Yeah. Because, and it is only about the MMR. And that's why we went on to make Vax 2, so that you could see what we had seen with the other injuries. But still, it shows you the level of fraud. And, and again, think about this. They never sued us because they can't, because mm. it's true. Yeah, and I do, you know, to stress again, anyone listen, any if, if you have children or don't have children, watch the movie because that you know it, 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 it was shocking even for me, and I've kind of been in this world for a while, but 
just to hear those recordings and to listen to Brian Hooker speaking and to hear, you know, William Thompson speaking about the things he was saying as one of the most respected scientists within the CDC. You know, it's shocking. And how it never became the biggest news story since Watergate is is that that's the very question, really, isn't it? Why? Why? Yeah. And, you know, really, um, you should get Andy Wakeford on to talk about that in depth. Mm. So we'll set that up. We'll set that up for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about then the bus and the journey and meeting all the families. And um, that was a big moment for me. I was one of the first people to sign the London bus. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah, at the premiere. And that was, it, it was kind of an emotional moment as well. Um, just seeing that, um, I'm actually getting a bit emotional talking about it actually. Um, just seeing like the community come together to recognize this is happening and this is a thing and we're together. and we're standing up for this and we're not going to allow this to happen. And there's such a and the thing that I guess is very difficult and challenging to watch when you're speaking to people who haven't yet come out of the mainstream way of thinking is that they don't even realize that this world exists. And yet there are thousands, maybe millions of us that have been through this and are talking about it. So tell me those experiences of being on the road and meeting these families. Well, so after once we realised that we had this massive demand for stories, um, it became obvious because people also lining up to talk about science and various other things. So Dal and Andy took the science and medical side and I took the parents. Um, And then I was on a plane with Dal and we were stuck in airports everywhere we were going. And I said to Dal, we've got to get a bus because we've got to be on the ground with the people just missing so much by flying. So... We did. We got it. We got an old rickety old bus. We we put backs on it, and um, someone came up with the bright idea of of starting to 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 number them. And so Billy, my son, came out and put number one on the back of the bus. And we, we literally just set off. We had a great crew, we had a great driver, and we set off. And within a few days, and we really did think we were just going to get maybe a thousand MMR stories around America, but it quickly became apparent that we were going to. And I think the Gardasil, the first Gardasil story we did with Hannah Robinson shook us to the core because I don't think any of us really knew much about this vaccine. But the minute... Just, she, just uh, to clarify for people that Gardasil is the HPV vaccine that they're giving. Yes, HPV, Gardasil, they say it's for cervical cancer and, um, and everyone must have it, boys as well, because boys will get married one day and they don't want to give their wife cervical cancer. I mean, none of it makes sense. It really doesn't. Yeah. And the injuries that we saw, and in fact, I think in fact, too, the Gardasil section is the most powerful section yeah. of the whole film. And it's tragic. And it's and these are teenagers. And my son can't tell you what happened to him, but these teenagers can. Yeah. And it was, it's just, you can't deny it. It's it's so it's untold how many injuries. Ovaries shutting down 16-year-old girls, they're going through menopause and never have children paralyzed from the waist down these beautiful teenagers were just very sick with these awful tremors the whole time they will never get their life back Mm -hmm. as it should have been and this wasn't just america we saw them in england ireland scotland wales canada we went to australia new zealand all saying the same thing so that was a really horrific vaccine the dead babies there's a whole section on the dead baby once we did the, the bundy story of mason that died and it really shook us that this baby was premature. And they said to the pediatrician, we are unsure. This baby's so small. Please can we wait? No, she said. If you don't get this whooping cough vaccine, your baby, you'll be signing your baby's death certificate. 
So she gave the whooping cough and all the other baby jabs, and this baby was found dead in its cot a few days later. That pediatrician is to blame. I'm, I'm really sorry here, people. I really, the frontline people that we go to, I know you can blame Merck, but Merck, Glaxo, and all those other people, if you look at the insert, the warning's in there. Yeah. Death is even on there. So they've covered themselves just because we can't be bothered. We're so brainwashed that we don't take the inserts out. They're covered. Mm. CDC or whatever the equivalent is in England, they're covered as well. They're recommendations. Those doctors, those GPs that you take your babies to, those people that bully you and tell you your baby will die or this will happen to you, those are the people we put our trust in with our precious gifts, our babies. Mm. And those are the people that are lying to us. And so those are the people that I hold ultimately responsible. Do your job. And they get paid. It's a fact. They may tell you they don't. They get paid. Yeah, they My get husband, commission. Yes, they get commission. My, and that's when I get so cross with you because if they don't do a certain amount in their clinic, they don't get their commission. It's, it's honestly, it's beyond evil. I have no, no respect for GP at all. And I was I'm actually- furious with them because I've, it's the same story over, around the world. So over here, they're pediatricians. In England, they're GPs. No, they're wicked. The, there are some good ones out there and we know them. They're in our movement. And that was the most amazing thing that happened on the bus was these medical professionals with these amazing qualifications would come to the bus and say, I need to speak out about this. And one gentleman, professor at a, Dr. Moss, professor at a major university, took, put on his jacket and got on the bus. I said, you don't need to do that. It's very casual. And he said, I do, because this may be the last interview I do before I'm fired, but I have to do it. <gasps> and it was, I know, I, I was a very wonderful man. And all of these people, we've had rocket sciences from NASA, Everything, you know, they tell us, you're not qualified, you're not qualified. We have the most qualified people coming and telling us that this is wrong, that we are killing people around the world, murdering their brains or murdering them. And so, you know, we've only just touched on it. Mm. We really have only just touched on the extent of the injury. It's, it's just, I think it's the biggest lie, biggest crime against humanity ever, ever, mm. ever. I agree. What, what I found, you know, that was the part of the film, both the films, actually, because like you say, with the Vax 2, it was that boy, that teenage boy that was in the neck brace. I can't remember his name. Holt Holt, yeah. yeah, and he died eventually, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, it was, was he met devastating. Holt. Yeah, and he was a, such a beautiful boy. And again, you'll see him in the film. And he was on this respirator equipment, heavy thing carrying around. And he was told that if he didn't have the HPP Gardasil vaccine, then um, his wife may, you know, one day get cervical cancer because he didn't take it. Mm-hmm. And he, he says in the film, you know, okay, of course I'll do that. Well, Colton never got to meet whoever his future wife was supposed to be because it, it killed him. I mean, he did take his life in the end because he didn't want to be a burden to his family. But And and all the trolls say, well, he just killed himself, suicide is high. No, you don't no. get away with that. No. This boy did not want to be a burden for his family because he felt he was. His whole life had to be. And he had to be looked after and he had no life. He was he was literally paralyzed from the neck yeah. down. T- tragic story. And when you see him in the film and you see the footage of him before that, mm-hmm. where he was, you know, he he was rock climbing, windsurfing, all, you know, just crazy, you know, adrenaline activities. He was an athletic boy. Mm-hmm. And it's just devastating. And that's the thing is all those stories, the stories of real people. And that's why Vaxxed and both of the films are so powerful. And that's why 
I always, always encourage anyone that comes to me asking for information on vaccines to watch Vax first, because when you actually hear real life stories, this happened to me, this happened to my baby, this happened to my child, it starts ringing true, especially as a parent. You start thinking, okay, let me start questioning this then. And then the research starts from there. And I don't know how we can watch things like that or we can hear these personal stories and still deny that there is any relation between vaccines and these terrible injuries. I always say to people, if you really want to do your research, because, you know, saying to a parent, do your research is quite hard these days because then right. of Google and everything's censored and it's all about how wonderful the vaccines are. But the best research that you can ever do is go and find a family, and there are lots of them in England and around the world, that vaccinated their first children and then stopped vaccinating. Same parents, same environment. Because what we, when we started interviewing the vaccine-free families or the families that did and then stopped, that was the biggest eye-opener. And as a parent who vaccinated, it was I was so pleased for them, but it was also a real kick in the gut when you see the undeniable health mm. of the vaccine-free that's how your child should be. Your child yeah. has, is born with the most perfect immune system as long as you don't take a vaccine when you're pregnant. And, and we also discovered the real dangers of vitamin K. Vitamin K drops and the vitamin K mm -hmm. injection that they give the babies at birth. And it's not classed as a vaccine. It's not in any of the studies. Because when I spoke to Brian Hooker about his recent study and I said, something's off. Because when we were on the bus, we didn't see the injuries. There were a few injuries in the vaccine free. Did you take the vitamin K into account? And he said, no, we can't because it's not classed as a vaccine. Mm. But a, a real big warning to your parents out there, you don't have to have the vitamin K, the vitamin K. But I and I can tell you the kids that didn't have it, no ear infections, much, much healthier. It's synthetic. It's not. I remember thanking the nurse. Thank you for giving my baby vitamin K. Mm. Uh, what a lovely thing to give my baby. No. It's not, it's not what you think it is. It's got polysilver 80 in there. It's extremely dangerous for a newborn baby to have vitamin K. And I know that the trolls are going to say you're not a doctor, and that's fine. I want you parents to do your own research on the ingredients in that before you give it to your child. And you will be bullied. Right. Yeah. I know many people in England who have not had it. Their babies are so alert. and They don't go in for this jaundice. All of the vitamin K babies, jaundice, jaundice, jaundice. Mm. You don't have it, no jaundice. No, neither of my kids had jaundice. No. You must breastfeed people. Yeah. You must. I mean, we're still, we saw that out there as well. There's so many things that we can talk about. I mean, Dr. Suzanne Humphreys really taught us about the birth procedure and how you've got to let that um, the cord go white. Let, let your baby have all those stem cells. And it makes me angry that they just cut our babies like that. That's the most crucial thing you can put into your baby at birth. And the whole thing's skewed. So we really got to get back to parents, mothers, particularly, you have to do your research on mm. absolutely everything. And really, you've got to be very careful about the white coat doctors. And do you know something else that we found out? The medical schools that they go to, they're funded by Big Pharma. Yeah. Big Pharma fund these schools and they give you this big manual as a medical student. And you have to learn the whole thing. And all these doctors, every single one of them that came to the bus to talk the truth about vaccines, all told us, they had absolutely no training on vaccines in medical school, the whole four or five years of medical school, no training except for follow the CDC and, and follow this, these, and if you don't, babies will die. And that was it. 
And it wasn't until they experienced themselves that they realized that there was a problem. Now, many, many doctors don't want to have to go into, or GP, don't ever want to have to admit that these vaccines, they, they have been killing and murdering these children, mm. not consciously, but they're not, they're not going into the search because it's too much for them to bear. So, yes, please, people, do your own research. It, it is out there. Dissolving Illusions by Dr. Suzanne Humphrey is probably oh, brilliant, the best book, book yeah. ever written. So you should look at that as well. It is, I'll put it in the show notes. It really is. I mean, I've read a lot of books about vaccines. It probably is the, the best one out there. I think it's a full-time book for yeah. everybody to read. And it I think is, it's on audio as well now. So. It's what, sorry? I think it's on audio if you're not oh, a is it? To listen to it. See, I like reading books like that because when it's information, I, I don't mind audio books when it's um when it's fiction, because then you can just kind of immerse yourself in the yeah. imagination. Whereas books like that, I like to underline and dog it yeah. pages, you know, just so I can go back to things. But what you were saying about the bullying, it's you know, and for anyone listening who's kind of wondering how to manage that with their doctor, what I did when my son, so I actually didn't do the whole health visitor and all that stuff because I knew what they were going to tell me and I knew what I was going to tell them back. So there was no point. For some reason, when my son was born, who's my oldest, he I went for the six-week check. Why? I don't know. Rite of passage? I don't know. <laughs> um, and the doctor said, oh, I see you haven't got your vaccinations booked in. And I said, um, and I'd kind of got, gone prepared with this just little blurb of, no, we're, we're a non-vaccinating family. And he got up from his seat and he said, well, I'm not sure what our policy is on that here, uh, whether or not we're going to have to report that. And, uh, you know, do you know the damage you'll be doing to your to your son if you don't vaccinate him? And I and I, I was quite nervous. I was, I was a new mum of six, you know, six week old baby. And I said to him, do you think you could do me a favour? Do you think you could tell me five ingredients listed in the vaccine that you, you're proposing my son has and five listed side effects without reading the package insert? And he looked at me like I was crazy. And I said, because I can. So if you can't, then I don't think you're the best person to tell me what I should be doing with my baby. And I walked out and my husband called up and wrote a really strongly worded letter to the to the surgery about how, you know, obviously vaccines are not mandatory and you can't you can't tell a new mother you're gonna report her to social services. Um, but that is something I would advise telling all parents. And when we talk about research. Research, like you say, doesn't mean going to the NHS website or Googling are vaccines safe because it's all censored and it's going to come up saying vaccines are absolutely safe. Read the package inserts. Like you said, you know, it's, it's going to list death as a side effect. Read up the ingredients, look up the ingredients and, and actually then see, OK, all the ingredients that you don't understand what they are, research them, see what they are. It's, it's interesting. I'm talking to a couple of young mothers in England at the moment who've just had babies. One thing I learned on the bus, I spoke to these unvaccinated families and I said, how are you not being hounded by doctors and stuff? They don't go. That's yeah. the key. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The world isn't sick. Actually, I personally, Polly told me to, to you, I said, please stay away from GPs. I mean it, stay away. Um, I, I really don't think there's, I mean, if your child is really that sick, you can go straight to the emergency room. But um Really and truly, I do not recommend them. Um, our, the people on uh, that were watching us live on the bus started renaming the well checks as hell checks. Um, so, you know, the six-week check in England, they can't vaccinate your baby. They're not allowed to vaccinate your baby. So you, if you really wanted to go and have your baby weighed or the eye test or whatever it is they do now, fine. I mean, okay, whatever. And then you can go and be, if you're, if you, if you're going to stand up to your doctor, your GP, be knowledgeable. 
Okay, do not go there unprepared. Be very knowledgeable. Mm. Um, don't get into a fight because these days child protective services are being called, but just be really calm and knowledgeable like you were. Mm. Um, absolutely stay away from the eight week, all those vaccines. That the whole reason you're going in there with your baby is to check your baby. It's not, it's to vaccinate your baby. Mm. That's where you're going to come head to head with in these arguments. And there are also, I'm hearing that if you refuse vaccines, they make you sign something. No. Do not sign that piece yeah. of paper to say that you're refusing vaccines because that then gets sent on to the child protective team. So, no, you don't have to do any of these things. These GPs, these bullies are not in charge. So if you can stay away, stay away. If you're breastfeeding your baby and, and eating healthily, you don't even need to see these people. Yeah. They're bullies and they're going to they're going to cause trouble with you if you don't vaccinate. And in the day and age that we're in now, I highly recommend you stay away. I really do. Mm. But yeah, um, I, I mean, there's, there's, do you have a good health visitor or not? I mean, one of these women I'm talking to, the health is just knocking on her door every two seconds. She doesn't ask for it. She's just there the whole time. Mm. So, And, you anyway. know, the health visitors are usually very nice people, but very um, uneducated when it actually comes to child health. <laughs> I mean, in no, terms exactly. of nutrition, they're not trained in breastfeeding. Then They don't know what's in vaccines. Um, you know, they can't diagnose tongue tie, all these things that actually new mothers need information on. But it was when, when you said about vitamin K kind of perked up because what I hear from a lot of new mums is that they're in the hospital and, you know, they've just had a baby and, you know, hormones all over the place and tensions are high and you have to give this vaccine, you have to give this. And, and at that time they don't know, mm. oh, what shall I do? What shall I do? And I often get messages from mums in the hospital, I've had my baby, they're telling me I need vitamin K, what shall I do? Mm you know, and, and the, you have to give it, you have, and then people look up, like you say, the oral drops as a substitute to the actual injection and it's no better. And, and mm. it's just this bullying while you're there in a vulnerable state. And so it's just kind of this message to everyone, do your research before, before you even get pregnant. Yeah. And all this program, everybody needs, I don't know what you call it over there. Anti-D is it? Um, oh everybody, yeah. Everybody needs it. Oh, it's so dangerous. Your baby's going to die. And suddenly it's so like everybody needs it. Mm. And we just talked to mothers who, who bravely just said, no, they were very scared. These doctors really came at them and they didn't have it. Their babies are born, their babies are fine. Um, so you need to do your research on that because that's full of very toxic ingredients that go straight to your, through the placenta. So please be careful with these people. I, mean, I really cannot tell you if you can stay away from hospital, stay away from hospital. Yeah. Um, home births are the new thing. Come on now. Yeah, my second was a home birth. It was the best thing I ever did. Um, but we keep mentioning research. So where is the best place to research if people are hearing this now thinking, OK, well, I want to read about all the stuff you're saying other than watching VACs. What are the websites, the places that they can go? OK, so the place that I think everybody needs to join up, it's completely free, is Children's Health Defence. Oh, yeah. Children'sHealthDefence.org. It's at the head of that is uh, Robert Kennedy, F. Kennedy Jr. The, there's hundreds of people on, on the team there, mainly women. I will say lots of lawyers, lots of doctors, um, everything's fact checked. They're being hounded on, on social media, as you can imagine. Um, but you just go to childrenshealthdefense.org, put in your email address and you will get something called the Defender. And this is the a, a newsletter that comes up with breaking news. So if there's something saying AstraZeneca is causing blood clots, 
they will break it down and give you the truth. And this is the only media I feel like now that you should be listening to. Of course, there's Del Bigtree with the high wire. If you want to go over and listen to him, he'll update you every Thursday. But every day, Children's Health Commands are putting out the latest news and they, everything, as I say, is completely scientifically fact-checked. Yeah. So um, I, I cannot recommend that enough. Um, and I think, you know, main, the main thing really is to trust your gut. I mean, your gut is there for a reason, mm-hmm. as in your gut instinct. And, and it's really just warning you that something's not right. If it's not right, don't do it or wait, because you're never going to be able to undo a mistake like I made with my son. I mean, we can make his life better, but we can't, we can't fix it. Mm-hmm. So once that needle goes in you or once that drug goes in you, there's really, the effects are in there. And it's very, very, very hard, no matter what anybody says to put it right so really yeah. give it time trust your instinct do not be bullied you are much more powerful than you think and we've seen that with the people there's some wonderful groups out there online as well i mean you've got arnica group you've got my niece joined the home birth of england group and they've just i mean i don't think it's called that but it's a home birth group I think it's home birth uk yeah i run it as well it's fantastic and they carried her through her pregnancy so there's way more good people than there are bad. So lean on the good people and walk away from the bad. You don't have to walk away from, from them forever. And there's going to be family members in the day we're living in now that are going to be screaming at you, shouting at you, making you feel terrible. Move aside from them for a bit. You've got to take care of yourself and your family. So if your mother or your sister or whatever is screaming you're a nutter, yeah. then, I mean, gosh, I get that the whole time. I, family members who have just had the COVID shot. I've got one family member who gives the COVID shot. What can you do? It hurts like a knife, but move on. Yeah. Move on. You can't fix them. Not no. And, and what I always say to people as well is, you know, the information people are giving you is in family members is based on what they've been exposed to. And so their fear is simply based on, on the information they've been exposed to. That doesn't mean it's right. And like you say, you can't help everyone. Not everyone always wants to listen. You can sow seeds and eventually hope that people come around, which has happened with most of my family, thankfully, <laughs> and most of my friends, actually. Um, but you can't change everyone. And not it's, it's also not meant to be everyone's journey. So you, like you say, you just have to kind of move away. But, you know, also going back to what you said about trusting your instinct, I think something I, I often say to people is, you can't, like you said, you can't undo it when it's done, but you can delay it until you feel like you've done enough research. And I always say to people, that's okay. You don't have to feel like you're saying, no, I'm not vaccinating right now, but you can delay it until you are sure. Yeah. And in fact, going back to that, um, the health visitor and the, and the baby vaccines, one of my mothers in England is doing this. She's saying, you know what? I'm going to wait a little bit. My baby's a little bit sniffly. No, it's not. A little bit sniffly. And they accept that. But when you say no, they yeah. fight you. And you get into this whole fight. But you can just say, oh, I mean, I'm, let me just have my time with my baby. I will let you know when I'm going to. Which is yeah. basically never. But they do back off if you do. But when you go up head to head with a fight. I, and the reason I tell you this, and I want everybody to stand up, if you're knowledgeable enough to do that. But it's just a bit precarious out there right now. And so we need to be careful and we need to, you come first and your children come first. And remember that always. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, I was going to go into the COVID vaccine, but I don't think we even need to, do we? I mean, we kind of know what you're... I mean, honestly, it's madness. It's madness to take something that's emergency use only. I can't tell you how many people do not know that this is not approved. And they say, yes, it is, Polly, it's approved. 
No, it's not approved. Mm -hmm. It is an emergency use authorization vaccine around the world. We have no idea about the long-term effects. We are seeing so much injury and death, most are not even reported from this. AstraZeneca means piling in. Pfizer, in my mind, is the worst thing you can take, followed by Moderna. There's no words to express how please, all I can say to you is do not, under any circumstances, take the shot. Do not. Nothing good is going to come for it, from it. We have doctors in our movements telling you that they can't fix you at the moment with any of your illnesses that are coming from it. But I don't know anyone that's had the shot that is actually as good as they were before, no matter what they say. I just know that there's going to be no good outcome from this. And it's breaking already. It's breaking around the world. It's crumbling. It's falling. It may get a little bit worse before it gets better. Maybe told you'll never be able to see your grandchildren. You'll never be able to fly on a plane. Well, I've spoken to people in England who've had both vaccines and they still can't get on a plane. Exactly. Yeah. Still in lockdown, you're being played. And I'm so proud of England because I see the marches. You've got a big march coming up this weekend. We're covering it live on Children's Health Defence. And it's peaceful and it's beautiful and, and it's a country that's just had enough. Mm. And I'm standing right by with you guys. It's, America's really proud of England as well yeah. because it's coming together like I've never seen England come together. Yeah, and we've got a massive community now and it's just growing. And I think the more people that see what's actually happening and, and, and what the difficulty is, is, you know, we've had, for example, of people dying, you know, people that we know and, you know, our own communities or whatever, following the vaccine a few days after the vaccine the families still not saying, well, no, it's not definitely the vaccine, you know. <laughs> and so, the amount of people it's just falling people after just, yeah. so we're getting three to four months after these COVID shots, the elderly or people, and let's say people from 50, 50 upwards are suddenly falling and they're saying, Oh, but they just fell, they just fell. Why are you all falling? You weren't falling before. And these falls are and, and the doctor's like, no, it's fine, it's fine. Don't listen to them. It's not okay. You were fine before you had the shot. Lots of blood disorders, lots of leukemia coming through. And it, random uh, heart attacks, people just dropping of heart attacks all of a sudden. Unbelievable. And then when they get into hospital, we're already doing COVID stories on children's health events from England, and they're, they're giving them metathalan. They're killing them. They're killing them. So don't. Don't go down that road. It is, there's going to be no good whatsoever coming from it from these shots i mean i can say this what are you can do take my license well i don't have one yeah. you know it, it's everybody needs to be speaking truth right now and we're in this situation because we allowed it not not you and me but the whole world allowed this to happen enough we're not going to allow this to happen anymore because they're going to hurt our children and if you hurt our children and you hurt the future and we can't it's already a bleak f future for the many children like my son billy mm. but let's not add to that let's put it right let's have nature take care of itself we're going to be okay I don't know anyone that's died of measles, but I do know a lot of people that have died from the MMR. So just really think, people. Please think. And please don't bow down to these white coats doctors. They're not gods. They are pharmaceutically sponsored and trained. And, and in my mind, it's the most evil thing in the world. So I cannot stress enough. Please stay away from the general practitioners. I don't care. I mean, it's the truth. Nothing good has come from them. No, it's, uh, it's a scary world we live in. But like you say, people are waking up and people are seeing the truth and more and more people are kind of, you know, like you say, in England, especially our community is growing. And, and I feel very strongly that we'll be able to get to, to some point where we where we have some control back over this. Yeah, you're going to have millions this weekend in London. Yeah, it's amazing. amazing. Yeah, I think that's a perfect note to end on. 
before we end, I do All About You, which is a little segment. It's just a, some, some quick fire questions for the listeners to get to know you a bit better. And the first one I always start with is a fill in the blank, which is wellness is? Everything. Okay. Everything. Without wellness. I mean, they, what, what's that thing? Uh, wellness is a crown on, on a, a sick man's health and only a poor man can see it or something like that. I can't remember which way it was. I've never heard that one. <laughs> but, it, but basically it's everything. If you're, if you're well in your body, you're well in your mind, you're well in life. So wellness is everything. One thing you know to be absolutely true that others would disagree with. I know where this one's There going. is no such thing as a safe and effective vaccine. A question you ask yourself every day. That's a really good question. The person I ask myself, you know, what can I do to, to make this world a better place? Sounds a bit cliche, but it's true. I get up and I say, right, how can I, how can I make this world a better place? It, make, it gives me strength. Mm. Actually, following on from that, I do remember you once saying that you were trying to create something or raise money to make establishments, facilities for people yeah. like Billy for when parents are no longer there, because that is the biggest worry for parents, right? Is that yeah, still we're going doing ahead? It. We're doing it. We have 40 acres that have been given to us here in Texas. Wow. Um, we have we just had another house donated and we're building a community of, of families not just we're not just going to take your child we're going to take you all <gasps> and we're growing our own food and we're being self-sustainable and we've got as I say rescue horses ducks chickens and it's the most beautiful place here and we do have an autism trust UK as well it's not as easy to get land and stuff in England but we're, we're, anyone in England wanting to get involved in that go to the autism trust UK because it's, they're really doing good work over there. Amazing. I'll make sure to put that in the show notes as well. Which one person has made the biggest impact on your life? My son, Billy. Mm. For sure. He's taught me so much. I'm not that pro-vaccine materialistic. Extraordinarily, I don't know what happened to me when I was living in London. I got in a horrible mummy set of private school and achievements and stuff. And he's taught me that, that life is much more precious than that. And, and to wake up. And smell the roses so yes 100% my son Billy beautiful and lastly the best parenting advice you've ever been given trust yourself you have the knowledge have the power have, everything's been given to you to be the most perfect parent you don't have to do what I did and have a red and green book you tick, tick off what the doctors say you have everything that you need to bring your children up as they're supposed to be, be brought up so just trust yourself I, I agree with that so much. I love that. Polly, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. I've been really looking forward to this chat and it's just there's so much that parents can learn from hearing you speak. And once again, just urging all parents listening to this to watch both Vaxxed and Vax too. Yes, do that and, and go to childrenshealthdefense.org and the UK column news is fantastic. Follow that as well, I think anyway. So keep yourself knowledgeable because knowledge is key Absolutely. and thank you for the work you're doing by the way thank you oh thank you so much thank you well lovely speaking to you okay and we'll speak again soon <laughs> this episode of reconditioned was brought to you with support by london's leading biological dentistry clinic the Indu Clinic in Harley Street, a one-of-a-kind clinic that combines biological dentistry with functional medicine to optimize not only your dental health, but your general well-being. Using practices such as safe mercury removal, removal of root canals and hidden infections, treatment of inflammation, treatment of cavitations, and much more. Visit nduclinic.com and receive 10% off your initial consultation and any scans or hygienist appointment by letting them know you came through Lauren on the Recondition podcast. Thank 
Thank you so much for choosing to listen to Recondition today. I'd be so grateful if you could subscribe and maybe even leave a review if you enjoyed this episode. And better still, if you could share with friends and family who could benefit from the content, that's what I'd really love. I just want us to share the love so that everyone can understand how to use an integrative approach to life and health. For more free resources, visit laurenvacneen.co.uk and laurenvacneencoaching.com.